Okay, well, <laughs> we checked out this whole Jesus deal, and listen, it's a, it was sweet as pie for you to bring it to our attention, really. Uh, you're just the best. <laughs> But uh, we're going to go ahead and say thanks, but no thanks, okay? You want a cucumber? Yes. We know you like cucumbers. Right. <laughs> to which to which Andrew Garfield responds, and this is absolutely really goes, oh, okay, I get it. So the Christianity thing's not working, and you're pointing that out. How do I put this delicately? You, and by that I mean your race, are a poison? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> God-awful movie. 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 Welcome back to the Gamcast, where each week we sample another selection from Christian cinema because at least this job won't furlough me. I'm your host, No Illusions. The inimitable Heath N. Wright can't be with us today, but sitting 900 miles to my northeast is my bad friend, Eli Bosnick. Eli, how are you this fine afternoon, sir? I've got my prosthetic buck teeth, my super round glasses, and I am less offensive than this movie. No, I'm ready to go. <laughs> so that's where you were last week. All right. And also joining us tonight are returning guest masochists, Mark and Dan from the How To Heretic podcast. And thank God I'm atheist. Mark, Dan, welcome back, guys. You know, it used to be that when you said guest masochists, it was a joke. Yeah, but this movie, Jesus Christ, I thought you guys liked us. Yeah, you know what? I used to love you guys, you know? You, you came out here. We've done a few shows together. We had a few drinks together. You know, good times. And and you guys review garbage like A.R. White movies and the Christmas shoes and shit like that. And you invite me on to trash a Martin Scorsese movie. What? The guy who made Goodfellas in Casino. You know, I work in movies. Or... I used to work in movies until today, yeah. guys. <laughs> so thanks. I really appreciate it. Yeah. All right. So you've already hinted around at it. So I guess I'll just give you the assignment. Uh, Mark, tell us, what will we be breaking down today? Uh, today, guys, we'll be breaking down Martin Scorsese's 2016 cinematic sleep aid, Silence. <laughs> a, story, a story at its heart that's a long form, not funny joke about every religious person you've ever known. They always show up unannounced, and they do not know when to leave. <laughs> okay, so Eli, I'm gonna normally I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you the same question I normally do, but I'm gonna slightly change the words on it, um, the word order rather. Um, how was this movie bad? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you love the Crusades, but you wish there was a sympathy piece written by Shakespeare and directed by Alfred Hitchcock, you will love. This movie. <laughs> well, let's let's t dial it back from Shakespeare. But yes, yeah, no, I, I, I get your point. Here's the thing. If you're a Catholic, I can see how this is a compelling story of the tribulations of faith if you don't look into the history. But if, if you're anything else, this is a glorification of white people insaning non-white people to death. <laughs> right? Exactly. For three fucking hours. I would be annoyed by this even if it even if I were a person of faith. I gotta say, I think this movie would have annoyed me even then. I would hope so, right? I, I would hope that we could at least all agree on that. But I don't know, given the reviews, probably not. So is there anything you guys want to nominate this one for being the best at being the worst at? Yeah, uh, I'm going to go with the best worst image of Jesus. <laughs> this this is a Scorsese film, okay? They could get any Jesus they wanted, but they decided to go with a painting 
that looks like Steve Buscemi and Marty Feldman from Young Frankenstein had a kid who fell down a lot. <laughs> they really do. I would say the best worst. The best worst for me is the identifying of who the pro- the protagonists are. Yes, but n- not for the reasons we're going to talk about at length later because I think the I think you got it all wrong. But I think it's the best worst because this movie is so fucking long and so slow. That at some point you're rooting for the Japanese just to peel these Portuguese fuckers like grapes. So something happened. <laughs> right? Well, I, I, I feel like I was ahead of the curve in wanting the Japanese people to peel the Portuguese fuckers like grapes. Like, I mean, I, w- I might have been there already by the time the right. rest of you got there. Right. All right. I'm going to go. And this was kind of a surprise to me. I'm going to go with best worst burrito outfits. <laughs> oh, yes. This was almost my best worst as well, because this is a very serious movie about <laughs> martyrdom. There is not a single moment of death or torture in this film that they do not ruin by being like, now to drown you, we have these goofy hats. <laughs> Put on the goofy hats. <laughs> Over and again in this movie, they're torturing Christians to death and they're like, okay, but we want to make it fun. We want to make it fun. What if we rolled you guys up like a couple of blunts and then smoked you, right? Before right. I yes. burn you, you must don these clown shoes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That is the whole the whole movie insists that you don't take a single second of it seriously. Right. And, and for my best worst, I've got to go with best worst grasp of history. Thank you. Right. So I had heard of this novel because it's actually pretty well known among atheists is like lie mclie face to the extent that like when he originally tried to publish it he was like i'm gonna call it historical fiction his publishers were like mm, why don't we just go with fiction i don't really wanna right because what it does is it takes a very very short period of history after franciscan catholics tried to conquer all of japan and right. failed right and turns it into like i mean we had our own holocaust it's, it's <laughs> like if we if they just showed the clip of richard spencer's nose bleeding and they were like the passion of the richard spencer <laughs> no idea why they punched that guy he seems nice <laughs> All right. Well, if we're going to take on a Scorsese picture with an Oscar nomination, we're going to need to do our best. So we're going to take a minute to get pumped up. And when we come back, we're going to dive into all the why isn't this good that is silence. Hey, podcast listener, do you like what? Um, Okay. Oh, hey there, podcast listener. Do you, um, podcasts? Well, then good news, because the guys are coming to Denver, Colorado for a live god-awful movies, March 9th at the Oriental Theater. That, that theater name's kind of messed up. Anyway, you can watch them break down a Christian movie that they've been saving for a while, the original Reefer Madness, with special guests. Uh, a tremendous amount of THC in Noah's bloodstream. And don't forget our Platinum Night on March 8th, which includes dinner, drinks, a swag bag, and a live riff track style viewing of the movie with the guys. Link for the tickets in the show notes. God Awful Movies live in Denver, Colorado, March 9th. Be there or, uh, don't? Martin! Mr. Scorsese, so glad you're here. Thank you, boys. 
Okay, so uh, uh, Jeff here tells us that you want to do a new movie. We're so excited. Indeed I do. It's a prisoner story. Wow. And a story of war. Amazing. Tell me, boys, have you ever read the book Silence? The the largely fictionalized persecution narrative. Whose moral is that Japanese people are just too animalistic to be Christian? Exactly. That's the book. Yes. Oh, oh, I get it. So, like, he means that we're going to tell the story from the other side. Right, the side of the Japanese that fought off the invasion of Catholic forces and outlived Buddhist persecution. Nope, nope. Uh, I was actually thinking pretty much exactly the story of the book Silence. Uh, but, but, you know, Mr. Scorsese, the, the story is almost entirely bullshit. It leaves leaves out the fact that the so-called Christian persecution was in response to the Catholic Church super obviously trying to take over the government. Yeah, the the guy who they think is the good guy is literally a cartoon demon in Japan now. Like. Literally. And we are going to change that. How? Two words, boys. Offensive accents. Oh, boy. Uh, I'll call casting. I'm a pug of Yes, you are. <laughs> Martin the pug of <laughs> And we're back for the breakdown, and we're going to open up on a one-minute, seven-second microcosm of this entire movie, Right. It opens with a minute of escalating crickets over a black screen that grows increasingly cacophonous long after we get the fucking point. That's pretty much the movie, right? <laughs> yep. Yep. That was a good abstract for the entire movie. And then we open up on Raiden chilling next to some bodiless heads. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are, human heads are all the decorated. They are the decorating accent of the season. In Clearly. Japan. Clearly. And it was a bit smoky, but I, I couldn't tell if the guy was selling heads or was he guarding heads. <laughs> like, what's his head motivation? Get your heads right here. He's on head guard duty. I just love the fact that the first Japanese person that we see in this film has just beheaded a bunch of white people. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been a good movie. And it gets worse. But I yeah. get it. I totally get it. Yeah, so so what we're seeing here apparently is Japanese people torturing white people with the boiling hot spring colander torture. Uh, you say it's boiling hot, but they splash that dude in the face, and I'm pretty sure that from his judging by his reaction, this was the famous Japanese mildly warmer than comfortable torture because all he does is go uh, oh the uh, shower oh god jesus where's the cold where's the cold <laughs> uh newly drawn bath water gentlemen are you sure you won't change religions now <laughs> gotta stand here naked they should have just had a shogun flushing the toilet in the shower right <laughs> <laughs> we have an old and very small cold water tank gentlemen <laughs> you have a cold water tank interesting um, yeah. So, okay, so Liam Neeson starts his VO uh, at this point, too. He's like, it's 1633, and we're trying to Jesus up Japanese people. As you can see, it's not working out well for us. <laughs> <laughs> so you know how we go to places and kill all the people who live there, and then, and then we pretend that we were changing their religions? Well, turns out, oh, yeah. we needed to bring a bigger <laughs> boat these guys are cheating. They're killing us back. It's not yeah, fair. Right, right. <laughs> the whole movie, the whole movie is no fair. You killed us back. Yep. Exactly right. 
All right. So the VO, though, we, we learn um, eventually is a le- and everything, by the way, we will learn eventually. Just assume that every scene goes on three minutes too long, at least as we go through this. So we learn eventually that this VO was a letter uh, that Liam Neeson had written back to Catholicism HQ. Uh, and we cut to uh, the guy I have as Catholic tilt-a-whirl operator reading <laughs> this letter to Kylo Ren and the shittiest Spider-Man. Yes, it's, it's Mance Raider. <laughs> that's yeah, what, that's it, is. it is Mance Raider. It's oh, Mance it Raider. Yeah, okay, that's way better. With, way better name than Catholic Tilt a Whirl Operator. With long every hair. actor they get in this movie is designed so that you can no longer take this movie seriously. It's like now you will meet our head torturer, Chris Farley. <laughs> <laughs> Boys, you're going down to the stabbing pits. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. And can we just say that everyone in this scene looks terrible? Like Andrew Garfield <laughs> oh. looks like they've slicked back the thick hair of a sturdy Slovak woman and hastily <laughs> fastened a beard fashioned a beard out of a push broom to <laughs> smuggle her out of the country. <laughs> and Kylo Ren looks like they've specifically designed a hairstyle to highlight his comically large ears. How is it how are his ears that big? Yeah, I, I don't know. <sighs> Okay, so here's the thing about Adam Driver. They said, like, I, I read in the, on the IMDb page that he lost like 40 pounds for this movie, but there's no reason he needed to be. He lost 40 pounds for bulimia, right? Like, there's no reason why his character needed to be skinny. Yeah, when I nope. saw the first the first time I saw him on the screen, I'm like, oh, Adam Driver could stand to lose a couple ounces. <laughs> Let himself go. I mean, they, yeah, he lost weight for one scene at the very end, which he didn't need to be half naked for and it didn't serve any purpose so yeah i think you're right about spoiler that. yeah yeah right and we should mention right up front that adam drivers i guess they're going for portuguese accent um oh my his god isn't great but lucky for him we have andrew garfield's to compare it to right away <laughs> oh no we've started with a scene with three men three and three completely different and utterly indistinguishable accents. Yes. None of them could remotely be considered Portuguese. And the stupid thing is they're all speaking English. There's no need. You don't have to do an accent. You don't don't have to do anything. We'll all get that you're Portuguese. Just speak American or whatever, and you'd be fine. Yeah, it's it's fucking rough. And throughout, like the accents will change. They'll forget about them. It's it's Kevin Costner-esque. Um, but the key to this scene, though, is that Kylo and Spidey want to go clear. Qu- so uh, uh, Liam Neeson, they got this letter that says uh, and heard a rumor rather that he has turned Japanese like in the Vapors song. And <laughs> Kylo he's become and- a Japanese. Yes, he oh, hasn't yes. turned Japanese. He's become a Japanese. Yes, right, right. <laughs> Changed species all together there, um, and and Kylo and 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 shit, shitty Spidey don't want to believe it. They want to go to Japan and clear his name, uh, but Man's Raider would never allow such a thing. Right, and it, what's amazing is they've the only evidence they have, other than some unsubstantiated rumor, is a letter that's three years old, and and Spider Man is concerned that what. It, what will this mean to all of Christian Europe if they find out one priest hung up his hassock on the other side of the world rather than get hibachied? <laughs> the only evidence they have is this one fucking letter. Just burn it. Yeah, right. <laughs> Be like, everything's fine. 
<laughs> he loves it there. They're all Christians. Trust us. Yeah, don't worry about <laughs> exactly. it. <laughs> Telephone doesn't exist yet. Go fuck yourself, Steve. <laughs> and, and to prove just how ahistorical this movie is, th- they're trying to say how dangerous it is, but none of the time scale of the so-called Christian persecution works out. So he goes, so uh, Mance Raider's like, he wrote this during the worst time, <laughs> but it is worse now. What? Ah, <laughs> oh. uh, there were uh, like maybe a thousand people who got killed. We're really trying to stretch out this year yeah. and a half. So, they, so they, they do a little walk and talk where they discuss this and everything. Eventually, Mansurator agrees to let him to go to the uh, to Japan. And he says, though, he's like, you will be the last two priests to go to Japan. And I'm like, fuck, how do I get that deal? Right? <laughs> I will get nuked in 300 years for that. I'm good with that. And they're like, they're like two teenagers. Like, come on, dad, let us go to Japan and get skinned alive. Please, dad, we want to go get boiled. Come on. <laughs> All right. So now we cut ahead to, um, to 1640. They're on their way. Uh, apparently, they're looking for a Japanese guide in Chinese Mos Eisley. Right. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and this is this is where we get this spectacular line. Andrew Garfield in voiceover tells us, finally, we meet our first Japanese. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who, who, by the way, they keep in a kennel under the stairs, apparently. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. Clearly. And by the way, when we meet our first Japanese, he growls at them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't want to have too many Game of Thrones moments, but uh, yeah, when when the Japanese guy is growling at them, he's like, that's no way to treat our guests, Reek. (laughs) (laughs) Loaded up, loaded up with Game of Thrones references, man. I'm excited. Yeah. When they finally get him to to speak, his, the the drunk Japanese guy's performance is rivaling that of Mickey Rooney and Breakfast at Tiffany's. (laughs) Absolutely. I felt racist watching it. I I literally said the word whoa out loud the first time he spoke, right? Because I'm like, okay, Scorsese film, here we go. And he's like, and you're like, oh, hey, hey there. Now, this is in my internet history. I don't want to. Great grandchildren will know I watched this on purpose. Don't, wor- don't worry, guys. It gets worse. <laughs> And of course, the the Japanese guy speaks English, right? Or well, it's not supposed to be English, right? right. So they have to say, you know, our language, don't right? You? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and, and, and to the Japanese guy's credit, this is um, uh, Kichichiro is the character's name. To yeah. Kichichiro's credit, he's like, dude, you just asked me a fucking question in English, and I just answered it in English, and your next question was whether I spoke your language. Finally, <laughs> yeah, wanted him. Wanted him to answer in their language. No, I memorized all of this phonetically. Banana hammock. Banana hammock. Dave is the best banana hammock. <laughs> but, you know, this, the, I, the foreshadowing here that they don't quite hit on hard enough that there's in every movie, there's that moment where you meet a character that's someone you should just walk the fuck away from. Yes. This is that movie's that moment. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. But, by the way, the fact that he speaks what's supposed to be Portuguese, I guess, is their first clue that he's a secret Christian Japanese guy, right? But he's really good at that secret. We'll learn that later. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's really, right. upon reflection, maybe maybe he's just not a Christian. <laughs> well, yeah, right, right. Secret Christian, even from himself. Okay. He's not a good one. He's not a good one. Let's, uh, no. yeah. 
So Guided Hand, Spidey stops to write a fucking voiceover because this has a spectacularly arrogant runtime. They could just show up in Japan, but no, they've got to write a fucking letter about how they don't even have any luggage. And and boy, do the Japanese kill a lot of Christians. Let's not forget about that. Christians in the modern day, 350 years hence. And this this is where we get the the picture of Jesus that I referenced yes. before. <laughs> where And what's great is we get the close-up of Spider-Man, his head and shoulders, he's lying in bed. He's t- we hear a voiceover as him saying, as I prepare to do the Lord's work, I see his face before me, his lithe body glistening yes! in the sun, his pecs and abs, not too big, but cut. And then the bed just starts shaking. Yes. Yeah, he was clearly yes! jerking off to the Jesus painting. Like, the pathological love of Jesus has given cover to so many confused straight guys. So they don't have to admit their troubling love for a man since, well, 1640 at least, obviously. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, clearly it was already in hand by then. All right, so they reached Japan. The guy's super excited. He swims the rest of the way, somehow swims faster than this <laughs> other asshole, Rose. That defies mechanics. But um, <laughs> so so he, they get to Japan, and then he takes them through the secret tunnels that lead to Japan? Is this a video game level or something? <laughs> well, not only does he take them through the secret tunnels, but they he gets out of their sight for literally a quarter of a second, and they're like, well, we're fucked. Let's pray. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> He's like, gone forever. Shit, hassocks. Adam Driver goes instantly to full Kylo Ren. He's just yes. like, just so whiny and just, oh, we trusted that man with our lives and now he's running away from us. Oh, wait, he was just going 10 feet away from us to the shore. I get yeah, it. Yeah, he's okay. still an earshot when they start saying this shit. <laughs> right. And this, we'll we'll talk about this later, but but they don't meet until like much, much later when the quote unquote bad guys show up. They don't meet a single fucking person in this movie that isn't Christian. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right, no, you, to, to, in this movie's mind, Japan was just teeming with Christians at this yeah. point in 1640, yeah. Right. <laughs> what's, what's amazing is they, they keep trying to dance over the number. In the, like, in-between scenes, they'll be like, at one point, there were 300,000 Christians in all of Japan. <laughs> yes. And yet, <laughs> these characters are, like, way, they're crowd surfing across a mega church with Christians. <laughs> <laughs> it's a secret mega church, though. It's an underground Secret megachurch. <laughs> Nobody knows church. about. Yeah, right, right. No, in Canada, you haven't met her. Yeah, so <laughs> they're in this this secret cave or whatever when suddenly like 11 Christians with torches show up to help them. How the fuck did these people know? Right, did they send up, did they send a text? <laughs> Are we supposed to believe that God sent these people? Anyway, but a bunch no, of Christians somehow... Chinchilla ran away and got him. Chinchilla. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I don't know how to say his name. There's Christians posted by every sea cave along the Japanese coast. <laughs> oh, I got 24 you. I got hours you. a day, you see. see well, they have 300,000 of them to use. Right. Yeah, you got to do something with them. Yeah. There was a great moment when the, all these men with torches showed up and both of the priests just froze as if Japanese sight was based on movement. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So Isn't over it? and again in this fucking movie, they will be terrified by the sight of Japanese people. <laughs> You think in after Japan. a while they get used to them? Well, I mean, the setup is that every Japanese person who isn't Christian will kill them or will rat them out and then they'll get get killed. But as Mark said, they are all Christian, so they <laughs> yeah. should feel fine. Oh. They should just be fine. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So the Christian Japanese folks sneak them uh, to a safe house using the... 
the overground railroad. I just it doesn't <laughs> seem like a very sensible method of travel if you're hiding. Yeah, you know the best way to avoid the the Shogun's death squads is to run around on a moonless night with torches. Yeah, no, that helps. That yeah. helps. So they take him to a little safe house, and once again, Adam Driver is inordinately scared shitless because there's an old Japanese lady there. Right. <laughs> yeah, this scene might as well be called "This Was a Bad Idea," right? Because because <laughs> the Japanese people who are portrayed so offensively are like, "Have you brought us the Jesus so that we may wipe him on our bodies and live forever?" And the Portuguese <laughs> are like, "Oh, um." We have crackers. <laughs> <laughs> actually, actually, we didn't bring any crackers. We can make crackers, though. Yeah. And lies. Would you guys be interested in some <laughs> lies? Maybe, maybe the Jesuits didn't know that Japan was so full of Japanese people. <laughs> yeah. <I'm sorry. laughs> I do feel like this scene started, starts out with like a whole bunch of Japanese people going, oh, it's those guys who got most of our village killed. Hooray! <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh-huh. They, right. they take them in that house, that little hovel, to hide them with them, you know, at great risk to their own lives. And then the first thing Andrew Garfield says, so he looks around and goes, how do you live like this? Yes! <laughs> like, what the fuck, what dude? The, the place could use a new kitchen, but they just saved your fucking lives, right? <laughs> Ixnay on the Overty pay. <laughs> All I could think the whole time in that in that little hut was, man, the Japanese version of Anne Frank is weird. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so and and I love the conversation they have in here. Like, you know, Andrew Garfield's like, so uh, why would you guys be Christians if you get killed for it, right? <laughs> yeah. And they're like, you're the fucking priest, man. You're supposed to, <laughs> why are you asking us? <laughs> oh, and then they go for the comedy beat where, where they forget to say grace, the forgetting to say grace comedy right. beat. Right. Oh, it's a, it's a, because again, truly, and I'm not on board with this, but truly the thesis of this movie is look at these savages believing Christianity <laughs> and the rest of the movie will just be Andrew Garfield being like, I can don't mean it. Guys, don't <laughs> don't mean it. Come here. Come here. Guys, bring it in. We don't mean it. We don't don't get stabbed for this. Just right. step on a plate. <laughs> yeah. Step on anything. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be a, a lot of this movie will be stepping on plates. Yes, um, so indeed. they ask about. Liam Neeson, um, and uh, and then Andrew Garfield has to give the one the uh, old Japanese guy his cross necklace since that 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 guy's such a good Christian, I guess. Right. And specifically after we've been told that anyone caught with any Christian paraphernalia will be killed, it's so. almost again <laughs> almost a, a comedy gift. beat. Yeah, he says like anyone with any Christian paraphernalia will be killed, and he's like, "Here, have my cross." Buddy. <laughs> hands it off immediately. Yes. I really don't need it anymore. It's fine. I don't want it. You guys take it. The door might as well swing open and he just like throws it in the air. Not mine. <laughs> well, I also love, I love the idea that a, a culture of woodworkers and hand, handicrafters do not have the technology yes. to lay one stick across another right. at a right angle. So sure. Yeah. Yeah, here, here, have these two. This is fine Portuguese stick craftsmanship. Yeah, yes, exactly. yeah, exactly. Um, and then again, because of this movie's arrogant fucking runtime, they we we have a scene where they take them from one safe house to a, a safer safe house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really important stuff. 
Yeah. And the voiceover, by the way, at this point, because the voiceover constantly will be saying what you're thinking, right? The voiceover is going like, wow, this this kind of persecution the Japanese people are facing, that's impossible to reconcile with the idea that our God actually exists. This movie keeps Shit. coming right up to the edge. Yeah. Right up to that edge. You're going, yeah, we should just fucking not do this. Oh, yeah. They, I, I mean, they're like riding a bicycle on the razor's edge. They're just trying, they're tormenting us with, oh, they almost get it. Oh, almost they there, almost man. get it. No, yeah. no they're not going to. Yeah, right. No, no, the, 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 the love interest will never pay off in this one. Um, no. And then, okay, so they take him to the safe house and there's this big voiceover thing where he's going like, oh, through that whole time, we just spent it sitting around, not doing anything, making this the worst possible subject for a film. Exactly. <laughs> I love that they're, they're, you know, there's, they're in an abandoned shack halfway up a mountain in the middle of nowhere in a hole under the floorboards. And it's like, Woohoo! Mission's going really well. Live the dream. <laughs> Look out, Japan. Here come the Portuguese. Any day now. You guys, you did skip the wonderful, there was a wonderful moment uh, where in the in the voiceover, Andrew Garfield says, I was overwhelmed by the love from these people, even though their faces couldn't show it. I mean, right. who can tell what they're thinking with those squinty eyes of theirs? <laughs> yes! God. It's the best. And then of, to double down on the racism, we have the confession scene. Oh, yes. oh my God. So so <laughs> everyone in this movie is 97 and somehow also constantly having babies. And this woman <laughs> who is just a California Redwood is trying to confess her sins. And Kylo Ren doesn't speak good enough English. So he keeps making her repeat herself. Oh, yes. it's so cruel. She's, she's, she's literally like... Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned, and then tells him his her deepest, darkest secret, and he's like, mm, "Again? Huh? Didn't catch it? Uh, <laughs> one more time? Just once more? Sorry. Sorry he put his dick where to show me on the it. doll. How many times? I'm I'm not getting it. Once more. What does it mean? Real you got slow. graped? Like you ate some grapes? That's not a big deal. <laughs> You're freaking me out. Yeah, and and the voiceover is basically saying, you know, we listened to him confess. We had no idea what they were saying, but you know. This is all bullshit anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> That's basically what he says. Yeah, and to prove, again, I don't know why they kept this in the movie. He does this baptism of this couple, and they're like, hey, we're in heaven now, right? And he's like, <laughs> oh, um, no, uh, this is obviously <laughs> been translated. You're going to laugh. No, um, when you die... Ah, I have an improvable <laughs> concept that I would like you to, but take it seriously. I mean it. It's just I didn't. You thought we'd like go to a place that was nice, which right. points which points to how insidious the whole fucking movie is. It's like yes, that life, that peasants' life in feudal Japan was so fucking shit that these guys come along with this stupid narrative that your your life it's going to be great. Your life's going to be great. They're so desperate to believe it. They're like, great, we're in heaven now, right? <laughs> oh. Yeah. Boy, does yes. it look an awful lot like my village. Yeah, and over and over again, this movie will highlight the fact that this Japanese form of Christianity that was created through the Jesuits, you know, invading their culture, had almost no relation to Catholic, you know, like Catholicism. 
Right. right. They had their own weird hybrid of Christianity that was just, you know, some crazy shit they already believed with new names added to it. So what are they even fighting for? And at one point in the, in the fucking movie, one of the characters actually points that out to them and they're like, no. Oh, it's the best. <laughs> we're we're going to get to it, but it is the best. So in, the, in their secret sneaking around at night in these scenes, they have this big secret mass. And I know this is a movie about religious colonialism in the 17th century, but fuck, even knowing that the white father narrative is so insane <laughs> as, they're, as they're blessing the cracker and all of these Japanese people are on the floor on all fours quaking like beaten dogs. Like, yes. Oof. And Martin Scorsese was like, good shot. Keep that shot. Okay, more shaking. You got to <laughs> yeah. shake more. Shake like a Japanese. <laughs> So, okay. And then we have this whole long bit about Kylo Ren getting cabin fever. So, yeah. the, like, the, the movie's literally about how boring the movie is right now. <laughs> Meta. <laughs> to the point that by the time they're done having the this movie is boring fight, they literally agree to go somewhere more dangerous so that something will happen <laughs> right, in right. the movie. And, yeah. And so they've been weeks, I guess, in this, in this probably 100 square foot tiny little shack, right? And it's flea infested and they don't have a toilet and it's leaky. But my God, does Andrew Garfield's hair look fucking magnificent. <laughs> when does he have time for a full blowout like that? He was dreaming. Right. And, and they're out, the outfits that they've suddenly come up with, he and Kylo Ren, they look like a couple of Brooklyn salon owning gays just about to get married at Coachella. Yes. <laughs> I was like, that's not a bad look. You guys look no. good. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're, they're, they're somehow bathed. It's crazy. So, okay, but then they get so bored, they decide to play hooky from hiding for their lives. Not advisable. <laughs> so they go out and sun themselves. Now, I'm sorry, but sunning yourself is something boring to do, right? Like even <laughs> doing this, this is watching other people do it on a movie. That's boredom to the second power. Now, wait a minute, Noah. What if they see a bird? <laughs> That's well, pretty is, exciting. Now, is it a normal bird or is it a message from God birds? <laughs> They're all message from God birds. Yes, the God has lots of messages. Do you not speak? Yeah, God no. Bird? God was telling me just the other day. You know, seagull, seagull, crow. You know? Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the sign from God of seeing a bird in the mountains where the bird lives. Right? Yeah. Very, he's just coming home from work, dumbass. Come on, man. Where else would the bird be? Yeah. I do like that they were like, hey, you know what? If we don't get a solid jump on our tans, we're going to be totes pasty for beach season. That's so, going to be, we're I mean, white here. They're not used to white people here. Yeah. <laughs> so they did need to go out and do their, their little tanning sesh. Well, for a minute, though, because eventually a couple of Japanese people see them out there and they run off like the Japanese folks had exclamation points over their heads or something. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and that's, I think that's a good Catholic life lesson. There's several of them embedded in this movie that <laughs> they, they committed the sin of going outside to enjoy themselves. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, ain't that just Catholicism. Well done. Mm -hmm. All right. So that night they're asleep in their shed and someone comes to them. Now they have a secret knock, but this person isn't using the secret knock, right? So they're like, do we hide in the, in the hidey hole or do we go out and help these people who say they're Christians? A Andrew Garfield thinks they should help. Adam Driver's entire motivation in this film is the opposite of whatever Andrew Garfield thinks. So he doesn't <laughs> think they should help. Out? 
Can I just point out that they are in a shack that you can literally see through the wooden slats, yeah. and they're being and they're like, "Should we go out and talk to them?" No, I don't think we should. Well, what if we don't? But like, they can hear you, assholes. <laughs> they, they can see you. It's like a sun porch. Yeah, right, right, exactly. <laughs> All right, so okay, but but the key is they eventually decide to help them, and these Japanese people are Christians that need. Uh, white people to come to their village to do all of the magic Christian stuff. Yeah. Right? What a crazy coincidence. They met some Japanese people that are Christians. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Apparently, Kachichiro showed, uh, told them that they'd be able to find him there. Um, so now they have to have the like the meeting about going to that village in, in a bamboo field. Oh, uh, my God. Fun fact. Japan in this movie, 96% missed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. So much fucking smoke in this movie. And and I just got to say something about the, the Japanese people crossing themselves. I don't know what the fuck Scorsese was doing, but it seems insanely racist and weird that these truly devout Japanese Catholics that were ready to die for their faith always cross themselves like an amputee trying out a new artificial limb for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, oh, head, the tummy, a shoulder. It couldn't have been worse in the, unless they'd put like, uh, you know, karate noise effects behind it, right? Like, <laughs> would have been a vast improvement. I just so, love that. I just love that they had to have a secret meeting. So they all went to grass. Yes. <laughs> Let's have a secret grass meeting about it. I want to be at that jumping out at people and making the sign of the cross meeting. Right. <laughs> okay, everyone, big week. We've got two Christian ministers coming, so I want to make sure everyone is ready. First of all, uh, does everyone speak white person? Yeah. Okay, great, great. Now, remember, start with Japanese and then ease your way into an ever more fluent white person. Uh, sorry, uh, wait, why? Uh, no idea. Also, remember your two S's, startle and then sign of the cross. Uh, startle? Yes. Yes, you're going to want pretty much every interaction with a white person to start with you, like jumping out in front of them like a, a, like a county fair haunted house. Mm -hmm. and, and, and then? Sign, sign of the cross. Yes, startle, then sign of the cross. Okay, so uh, we, you all know that uh, we're being oppressed for absolutely no reason, so why don't we get back to being 90 and having constant babies? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Konnichiwa. <laughs> That's how it must yeah, have gone. Yeah, no, exa exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. They had to be all on the same page. Okay, so they decide ultimately that they're going to send Andrew Garfield to this village, but Adam Driver is not going to be in the movie as much, right? Um, Thank God. That yeah, guy bugs me. Uh, honestly, honestly, yeah. So he goes on a creepy boat ride, and we know it's creepy because there's a drum beating. Because, you know, <laughs> if the movies have taught us anything, fellas, it's that splitting up is always the right thing to do. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Nothing can go wrong if we just split up. Marty, you're, you're better than slasher movie tropes, man. You're better than this. Apparently not. So, okay, so Andrew Garfield gets to the village, and, and you know, all of the Japanese people there are super stoked about the fact that they finally have somebody that can put the magic back in their bread. They're all Christians. What a crazy coincidence. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Jesus. Uh, also, it, so while he's in this village, there's a, there's a, they, they keep teasing us that, like, oh, but don't worry, this movie will eventually have a plot. It won't, but they, they tease it like it is. So he has to get a clue about Liam Neeson's whereabouts from Mr. Miyagi's grandpa. 
<laughs> yes. Yeah, Mr. Miyagi's great great grandpa that just got stung by a, a wasp. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but there was that moment where in the voiceover where Andrew uh, Garfield is thinking, oh gosh, is uh, giving all these trinkets and they want all these baubles. Is that a stand in for our faith? Dude, do you know anything about Catholicism? Have you ever <laughs> been to one of those stores in Mexico where you can buy saints and shit or any cathedral? Like, without yeah. the baubles, what's left of Catholicism? They're fucking Lutherans. There are 14 walls of candles to your saints alone. And you're totally. like, man, I hope they don't attach themselves to these rosary beads I'm making out of rice. <laughs> and he says, quote, real quote, they live like beasts and die like beasts. Yeah. That's the protagonist. I yeah. almost had to buy a new TV after that. <laughs> Marty Scorsese saw that quote and he was like, I can't wait to shoot that and put that in a movie. It's the year 2016. About Japanese people, because, you know, anyway. Yeah. But so the, the key here, oh, and then in the cross giving out scene, right, he tries to give his rosary to Kachichiro, who is also in this village, but Kachichiro won't take it. Right. So... You know, Andrew Garfield, Christian, the fuck out of all of the people, but the hardest one to Christian was Kachichiro. So we get another scene where he gives some extra Jesusing to Chinchilla, to, to Kachichiro, right. right? Yeah, I thought he may, I thought Chinchilla might have actually learned the real lesson from this movie, which is just if someone tries to give you Christian shit, you run away. That's what yeah. you do. <laughs> right. And this is where we're supposed to get Pikachu. I call him Pikachu. This is where we're supposed to get Pikachu's tragic backstory, right? So he been caught being a Christian and he is his family were forced to stamp on Jesus. Yeah. Oh my God. It's from, yeah. the, okay. So Scorsese got at least a little of the inspiration for this film from if footmen tire you, what will horses do over and <laughs> over again? To test for Christianity, to see if you're really a Christian is, will you step on this image of Jesus? This will happen 33 times in this film. And what right? we learn is that if you don't step on the Jesus, we will, they will give you a pier one. <laughs> that's, that's when they, they dress you in wicker yeah. and then burn you like the ugly furniture that you are. So oh, yes. again, the hilarity of this, of this murder, like obviously, Marty didn't intend it, but his, so in his flashback of his whole family getting murdered because he was a coward, they are woven into baskets and that must have taken days. So just <laughs> right. Imagine all that sinister murder weaving while the poor victim has to hold super oh, still. It's diabolical, but somehow very Japanese. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is dying to be a powerful moment in the film, right? He wouldn't renounce his Christianity. So the Japanese authorities set his family on fire if not for the little burrito costumes they put him in beforehand, <laughs> this is a crazy serious moment. Yeah, but and they and they do it graphically. Like we see graphic images of people burning, but flesh they, burning. Yeah. But they look yeah. like rattan burritos. So how do you take it seriously? <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, as soon as Kachichiro tells this story to Andrew Garfield, Andrew Garfield's immediate response is, "Would you like me to hear your confession?" In yes. other words, I can forgive you for your family being burned alive. That, that, again, this fucking movie, the idea that these people who've suffered so fucking terribly for generations need to beg forgiveness for trying to survive from the two Urban Outfitters managers is a, is a tad galling. Unbelievable. Also, 
Chichiro, what I don't know what his name. Anyway, he says you're you must be a real priest because since you came here, the fires of the of my family dying in my dreams are a little less bright. Yes. Oh wow, slightly less horrifying dreams. What a boon for you. <laughs> That's all the omnipotent guy could swing, huh? Yeah. Wow. I have a dimmer switch. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, but Andrew Garfield had a swell time in the village of Goto, uh, and there are still two hours left in this goddamn movie. Okay. So he goes back to the original village. Um, and this is where he learns that, that the Inquisitor is on to him, right? Yeah. But, oh, the guy in almost a hat. <laughs> <laughs> this hat. Again, every serious scene in this movie, because his friend from the village of Goto has been kidnapped and he's caught by the Inquisitor. And then the Inquisitor comes out in what I can only call unwrapped condom as a hat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I know he looked ridiculous in his hat, but and I don't speak Japanese, but anytime... A guy is barking in that bass bark Japanese. Uh, I don't know what it is. I I fucking pay attention. I'll tell you this, <laughs> though. The dude is using that husky Japanese yelling voice for everything. So it like it has no power. He's, he's like, I know you are good people. So it sounds exactly the same as I will kill everyone. Yeah, it's it's a very strange thing. Like and so. I wasn't. I, you have to pay attention to what the actual uh, words are that he's saying. You know the the subtitles. Subtitles. Otherwise, you're just going to assume that he's just murdering people. Well, and okay, so and it's so funny because that's all they've got, right? Like the the scary Japaneseiness is all they've got for this character because he's being super reasonable. Ultimately, I mean, I know they're persecuting a religion and everything, but he comes in and he's like, "Hey, guys, look, we don't care what you just don't be Christians because that's controlled by a European." governmental quasi-governmental agency that has tried to undercut our government so just don't do that do whatever you want we'll give you some money if you sell out the christians otherwise like my job is to kill you don't make me kill you right so yeah. the only yeah. thing they have to make him evil and bad in this really is the accent in the language <laughs> this begins an entire film of the horrible evil bad guys being insanely kind and polite <laughs> yes, and, and reasonable, like, very reasonable, just like always willing to make a deal. Let's let's work this out together. Adjusted for like the the the, the terms of 1640, in which a much more brutal time everywhere in the world. It's incredible how reasonable they are. Yeah, right. It's not like again because it's not like we're comparing this to 20th century Portugal, right? Like Portugal in the 1600s wasn't super great right. either. And that's that's what I just thought was hilarious. Is it's like the Inquisitor, dong, dong, dong. And in the cursed year 1640, don't you think it's a little rich for European Catholic priests <laughs> yes. to act like somebody else having an Inquisitor is somehow out of fucking bounds? <laughs> right. Oh, what a bad Inquisitor. Also, but, the best part is, like, historically, when you look this up, what he's basically saying is, hey, um, last time you all were Christians, you know, last year when they came and shipped over a bunch of firearms and you tried to take over the government. You remember that less than 365 days ago? <laughs> I would love for that not to happen again. I'll be back in three days to collect the Christians on the goddamn honor system. Hands up if you're Christian. <laughs> totally does that. Totally. He's like, yes. I need I'm going to take four prisoners you guys decide amongst you. I'll, I'm going to go away for a few days. You guys figure it all out and then just 
Send me the four. I trust you'll come. It's fine. He might as, he might as well turn around and be like, all right, I'm going to turn around. And if the Christians are on my desk by the time <laughs> I turn back around, no one's in trouble. You can have them back in June. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> After the school year. No, oh, right. my Tamagotchi's going to die. And by <laughs> that, I mean my little brother, whose name is Tamagotchi. <laughs> all right, so that night, and, and yeah, in the spectacularly silly cinema trope concept thing or whatever, he actually gives them three days. So that night, Andrew Garfield is mildly perturbed about the idea that a bunch of random Japanese people are going to die in his stead, but only yeah. mildly. And they're comforting him. They're like, look, don't let the whole us getting murdered thing freak you out. We are... <laughs> Super excited to die for your God. We completely understand what's going on. We oh, come do on, not Andrew. Think you read the script. You know that we're not fully human. It's not a big deal. <laughs> You're A-list, bro. Padres, I'm just a Japanese guy. The Padres are like, no, we'll go. And everybody's like, no, no, you guys are the only ones who can spread this religion and get more of us killed. Yes. <laughs> Right, again, like the best thing that could possibly happen for this movie is for them to turn these two guys over. Right. Yeah, for everybody involved. Right, yeah, yeah, exactly, because, like, so many people die, and we, as we'll eventually discover, when they capture these guys, they don't kill them. No. No. <laughs> no, they give them jobs and wives. It's, uh, yeah, we'll yes. get to it. We'll get <laughs> right. to it. But, again, we spend this whole fucking 700-hour movie being like, oh, when they catch the Padres, that's when the real murdery torturing is going to begin. Yeah. So just keep in mind that at this point, the three most likable characters in the movie are ready to die to protect these Padres from getting caught, and we are going to find out eventually what happens when they are. Well, this scene, this scene takes, you know, it goes from everybody being brave to suddenly everybody being very cowardly. And so, yes, we're getting down to the real brass tacks of Christian morality, right? It's like, yeah. who do we care about the least? The strangers or the weirdos? <laughs> Send them well, to right. get tempurid. I love it. So, so they say, okay, so we need four volunteers to die for, for these guys. And three people are just like, yeah, I'll die for him. And then one guy stands up and he's like, you know who should die for him? That guy, right? Like, like you can't stand up. And I mean, they're right, right? As we'll... As we'll eventually learn, Kochichiro is the exact perfect guy to send for this particular test. But yes. you can't volunteer someone else at that point. I think that goes against the rules. Uh, well, I would do it. I'm a coward. It's fine. Yeah. Well, no, I'm not saying I wouldn't. I'm just saying you're not supposed to. Okay. So, uh, yeah, all the willing hostages are going to go to die so the A-list actors can still be in the movie. And But before they do, they're asking for some advice, right? They're like, hey, Catholic priests when we're captured, what should we do? And Andrew Garfield's like, oh, just totally shit yourself, dude. Just let it go. <laughs> yep. Just let it go. No reason to be, you know, brave about this. I'm 50 years old, and I have lived long enough to watch a deadly serious movie where the entire moral universe of the narrative hinges on the word trample. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They So, yeah, the guy, the one of the guys who's going off to, to his own death uh, bravely, this is one of the ones who volunteered, asks the, pray, the priests, what should I do if they want me to trample on Jesus's face? And Andrew Garfield has the most dramatic moment in the world where he goes, trample! Yeah. <laughs> trample! Yes. Trample like you've never trampled before. And Adam Driver's like, fuck no, fuck no, you don't get to trample. 
Jesus yes. died for your sins, you asshole. No, that's a, that's the other thing. Is like you the whole deal with Christianity is you can be forgiven for anything. Yes. So fucking step on his <laughs> shit on his face. It doesn't matter. What's the point? Right. Uh, can- and spoiler alert, I don't want to spoil anything yet. Uh one character in this movie will understand that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So th- this is a, a a technically extremely well-made film. So I was uh, super excited to have a strange wardrobe note here because there's very little to make fun of. But the wardrobe in this scene where they're standing out in the rain, I can just imagine Adam Driver's mom, honey, you going to go out in this weather without your haystack? <laughs> put, yes! your, put your haystack on, sweetie. <laughs> it was so weird. <laughs> Yeah. So okay. Yeah. And and uh, Mokichi, he's um that's a uh, Japanese Gallagher. He's one of the guys that's going off to die. But before he does, he gives he gives Andrew Garfield this tiny little crucifix that he made that looks like something like you know you would put on the refrigerator for him. Oh yeah. You did a great <laughs> job trying to make here. A crucifix here, I don't there. need my Jesus doll anymore because you know I'm I'm gonna go die now. So yeah, you can exactly. have it. Do they know that when non-Catholics watch this, it's homicidal insanity? I feel like they don't. <laughs> All right. So his his their death proxies get carried off in their stead. And and the VO at this point, once again, is skating right up to the edge here, goes, Lord, why does it sound like I'm so full of shit when I explain stuff to these <laughs> people? <laughs> oh, but I, he literally, he's like, okay, dear Lord, remember when I was like, I need a trial like Jesus? Um Baxies? <laughs> yeah, it's a, a lot of his uh, voiceovers end up being like, well, I know everything that God does is good, and God is making these people suffer. Ergo, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah they're like an actual question is asking about the Japanese people in Andrew's voiceover is, why must their trial be so terrible? Because that's how the fucking rice cake crumbled in feudal Japan, Guido. Like, everything, (laughs) the penalty for everything was death. You guys just came along and introduced a new crime. You made there more (laughs) things to get killed for, yeah. Yeah. So, okay, so then we cut to the hostages having to step on a Jesus picture uh, to prove that they don't love Jesus. And there's, uh, here, by the way, they're, like, walking through eight feet of mud, and somehow every foot that gets onto Jesus it comes off clean. Like, that's the, <laughs> that is a miracle right there, friends. The yeah, miracle right. of the clean Jesus. The fucking Rainex to Jesus statue there, yeah. Yeah. The mud budget on this film <laughs> was in the tens of millions. It, it eclipsed the smoke budget. Even. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, so, but, but all the people are just like, they put out the Jesus thing and they're like, ah, if you're a real Christian, you won't step on that. And they all just do a little hoe down, right? They go down yep. and they're like, yeah, no, I'll step on it. But then the guy's like, all right, that was too easy. Now you have to spit on a crucifix and say that Mother Mary is a whore, yeah. right? I love that he, he he's like, spit on this crucifix and then he holds it directly in front of his own face. Yes! Which, to me, <laughs> yes! Is a great opportunity. If you're if you're a Christian who's being persecuted, that is a really fine opportunity right there. If you got one thing left to do in this life, you might as well do that. Right? <laughs> I feel like the whole time I'm watching, I'm going, what are the, because I would totally spit on that crucifix, right? But I don't know how, what are the logistics of doing that without pissing that guy off? <laughs> uh, can you just squinch? I need you to just squinch. <laughs> Yes, just, here, hold it over here. I'll do a dangler. I just figure. I just figure you just you just keep going 
Oh shit! I missed. I'm sorry about that. Let me <laughs> let me try. I'm trying, oh god damn it! Again? Really? With the spit? I'm not good at spitting. I'm sorry. Let me let me let me just get this one. A good one. All right, here we go. Yeah, sorry about that, Shogun. I, I you should see me cross myself. I do not have a lot of physical dexterity. <laughs> All right, so yeah, so they go down the line, tell him to spit on the crucifix, and old guy can't do it, and Japanese caliker can't do it, and Kachichiro is just like, Lugi, bro, I've got one all ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love Kachichiro. It's, you know, it, this is, this is uh, the Book of Mormon movie levels of forgetting how bad he felt the last time. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, right. He just keeps doing the same Fucking like he, he steps on the, the Jesus, he spits on the Jesus, and then three seconds later, he's always like, "Why did I do that? I hate myself so much." It's and the only he, consistent narrative in the movie, right? Yeah, right. No yeah, growth. No, he is no the- no change. No character arc. Just he's the guy that keeps doing the thing and then feels bad. He's layman. Yeah. All right. So they crucify the Christians that wouldn't spit on the cross. Now this is a weird one, right? Oh, my so, God, a crucifixion. I'm so glad something happened. <laughs> I don't care who gets crucified as long as everybody does. Yeah, right. <laughs> but they fucking all up. Okay, so here's my assumption, right, that they heard about someone getting tied to the cross and they didn't know about homophones, so they assumed that the tide was somehow involved in it. So they do a crucifixion <laughs> drowning. Right? Yeah. They, they, they put him by waves. To death. Which is, I think that's a pretty cool take on it, frankly. Well, I feel like one execution method is kind of canceling out the other here. Well, every artist works in the medium they have. (laughs) And again, this is supposed to be a very serious moment because the people are all dying and he's saying a prayer as he's executed, except they keep interrupting his prayer by him getting slapped in the face with water. (laughs) So you cannot take it seriously. He's like, Father, forgive us. Sploosh! Oh, where was I? Father, forget. There's a starfish on his face. Well, as as the great theologian Bill O'Reilly says, the tide comes in, the tide goes out. Never a miscommunication. Even when it could save some Christians, yeah. I I just love that Andrew Garfield's character's response to this was, I prayed that they remembered our Lord's suffering and took comfort from it. How the fuck does that work? Yeah, like, right. I'm suffering, so I'm going to remember another dude suffering. Oh, well, now I feel better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Other people have suffered too, so this is great now. And also, doesn't it like radically undercut the Jesus narrative that like two of the three guys they kill here had it way worse than Jesus? <laughs> yeah, four <laughs> fucking days sacrifice. Of yeah, yeah. One of them. One of the guys lived through the crucifixion, drowning for four days. At one point, you would think they would just go like, uh, you know what, stake it down a little deeper, right? Just hit it with a hammer <laughs> four times. Let's let him go. It's, he gets it. He gets the message. Yeah. But and also, again, Martin, you're a good filmmaker. What the fuck are Scooby and Shaggy hanging out like 15 feet from this crucifixion in the bushes, <laughs> watching this happen? The, yes! two, the two padres, yeah, and and not fully maybe understanding that this is their fault. Like, wow, Scoob, they're doing a crucifixion. Crucifixion. <laughs> yeah, they are literally just eyeballs in a bush, you know, sneaking closer and closer as this thing goes on. Yeah. <laughs> But we do finally get a reference to the title. Oh, yeah, we do. 
It's the first reference, like the first reference to the title when Andrew Garfield is like basically referencing God is the one that's silent. And I was like, yeah, that's what if the silence is. It's God. Yes. That's, that's so right. amazing. You, again, we're on that bicycle. Yep. You're almost there. You almost get it. But this t- this suffering of the these guys getting crucified, I realized at this point that the Japanese in this movie are essentially whole villages of magic Negroes. They, <laughs> yes. They exist only to provide valuable life lessons and ennoble the spiritual sufferings of the white fathers. Yep. Barf. Oh, hell yeah, they are. All right, so eventually Japanese Gallagher gets done dying, and they bring his body over, and they're not allowed to, like, Christian bury him, so they have to burn him. But he's been in the water for like four days, so that must have been such a pain in the ass. Yeah, that's wet wood. <laughs> that's going to smoke. Yeah. <laughs> and the VO is the whole time he's at the funeral, he's doubting himself. He's like, how can I explain God putting them through this? I don't even think a brilliant storyteller like Martin Scorsese would be up to that task. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. All right. So now it's time. Okay. So it's time for them to split up, right? Andrew yes. is gonna. Andrew Garfield's gonna go to Goto, and and Adam Driver's gonna go to some other village we don't know about because he's not in the movie anymore, really. Only yeah. after the gayest priest hug ever. There is a sustained man hug here, and let's let's explore this. I know the heat's coming down, but is there a wrong time for a little tip to tip bro exploration? I don't think so. <laughs> Never a wrong time. Never a says, wrong time. But before they before they hug, or I can't remember who the fuck cares. He says, Andrew Andrew uh, Garfield says to him, we cannot doubt that will be our death. And I'm like, seems like faith is the major cause of death around here, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> like, doubt your way back to Macau. You'll thank me later. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we're an hour into this movie, which means we've gotten about 26 minutes of movie. So he and Andrew Garfield goes back to Goto. This is where we get the cat pop scare. Meow. So, so yeah, so he goes to this village that he had Christianized just, you know, weeks ago or months ago or however, how long ago he was there. But it, and it turns out that the village is devoid of humans and has turned into the farm upstate that my parents kept sending my favorite cats to. (laughs) Oh no, it's, it, it is all burned down. Every, every hut is burned. I was waiting for him to go, Uncle Ben, Aunt Brew. (laughs) Yeah, I thought the Shogun had some witch turn the villagers, all the Christians into cats. It was like (laughs) so many cats. (laughs) That would have been so much better. He had to give those little cats communion for the rest of the movie. (laughs) We've never seen a cat before in this movie. And all of a sudden there's a thousand cats. It's the craziest thing. Amazing. Oh, it's a! I really wanted him to be like best village ever. Montage. <laughs> think yes. I'll go for a walk outside. <laughs> yeah, but instead he gets all depressed. The voiceover is like, "God, why do you behave exactly as though you didn't exist?" Shit. Oh wait, nope, nope, nope. Moving on, moving on. I just <laughs> ran into Kachichiro again. Yeah, he's like, he's like, "Am I just talking to myself?" And I was like, "Stay with that, Spidey. You're there. You got it." <laughs> Just turn that bike a little to the right. You're almost there. (laughs) But no, he doesn't get there. He doesn't quite get there. He just randomly runs into Kachichiro, the Japanese guy. He has randomly run into three times on the islands of Japan. How big is Japan? (laughs) You guys have been there. Is it 
It's big, right? <laughs> is it is it bigger than a football field? Because I feel like this movie takes place it's, on a football field. Right. It seems like it's about the size of Central Park. You got about a cent- <laughs> yeah. one Central Park of Japan. The Padre runs into him so frequently, I just assumed he was the ghost that crawled out of the TV in the ring. <laughs> fucking haunting him wherever he well, goes. I literally thought at one point we were going to learn that Kochijiro was actually working for the Inquisitor the whole time and was just there to sort of like trick him. He was a but spy. It never That never panned out. I thought that was the only way that this character makes any sense at all, but no. Nope. Right. They weren't worried about this character making any sense at all, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so now he's he's joined back up with his sidekick, and Kachijiro's helping him out, but Kachijiro's su- still super sad about spitting at Lugia on Jesus. So Andrew Garfield offers to say magic white people words to make him feel better, I guess. Yes, and you can see Pikachu connect the Christianity lets you do anything as long as you say sorry dots. He's like, wait, wait, wait. So the first time I did this and then I said, sorry, and you forgave me. I was good. So I can just do that again. And he was like, yeah. And he was like, so if I did something bad in the future and he's like, well, why are you planning something? He's like, no, no, no reasons. I just, <laughs> just head over to the next scene. Don't worry about it. <laughs> You're worth 300 pieces of silver. Anyway, next scene. <laughs> this is a real low point for the Padre here. And I just, you know, if I was his dad and he was sending me letters home, I'd be like, you did your level best, kid. You entered a country illegally. You got a lot of good people killed. But weirdly, everybody hates you. Come on home, sport. Time to leave. Yes. <laughs> You've done your part. Yeah. There's a great moment where, where Kuchijiro like, uh, makes, it, makes him aware that uh, a priest is worth 300 pieces of silver if they turn him in. At which point, you see Andrew Garfield go, I'm worth like 10 Jesuses right now. It's <laughs> <laughs> the best. Christian this portrayal is awesome. has really gotten profitable, yeah. <laughs> and then he cooks him a fish. <laughs> yep. yep. And, and, and we watch him eat the fish because, you know, it's not like we're trying to get to a reasonable runtime or anything. Sure, and, eat the fish. And he's really resistant, too. He's like, he's like I don't know. And he's like, please take the fish. You must be so hungry. Here comes the airplane. <laughs> Come on. Here comes the Inquisitor. Open your mouth. And then, of course, I, just because this makes me crazy, Andrew Garfield eats the fish in the time-honored movie trope of starving people eating, which is using both hands and shaking, but somehow still getting more food on your shirt than in your mouth. Yep. <laughs> yep. Somehow he's got like a handheld blender in his palms. And just just brrr, like the back of a lawnmower. Just brrr, <laughs> God God damn it. it. I wasn't hungry. I did not catch a lot of that. All right. So they, they leave the next day and... Andrew Garfield's not feeling great from that fish, like something about it didn't agree with him. That's something we're spending time with in the movie now. <laughs> well, they got to fill up three hours. We better well, know about it. No, they really didn't. Issues. They really didn't. It didn't have to have a casino <laughs> runtime if it didn't have a casino story. But yes, but they also, did. Also, also that fish was what got him to look into the the magic pool of water in the in the river where we get to see. Ugly Jesus again. Okay, were we not supposed to crack up at this? Oh my god! Apparently, apparently, having a bad tummy ache makes the CGI go terrible. I guess this was it was like literally like as you're watching this, you're like, did they make this movie in 2005 and just wait 11 years to release it? Yeah, like, that was they, a horrendous visual effect, and no, no reason in the world why it had to be. That's no. an easy one. Yeah, you know what I think it was is because Scorsese is a cinematic purist. 
that he was working in the visual effects capabilities of the 1640s. Oh, there you go. A little more primitive, but effective, effective. All right. So, but but what we're seeing that looks so fucking ridiculous is that um, Andrew Garfield looks into a pond to drink and he sees his reflection. Even just looking at his reflection, they managed to fuck up. But then his reflection turns into terrible Jesus for a little while. He starts laughing because apparently he knows how bad the CGI is going to be when they drop (laughs) it in. Yeah. And then when he stands back up, it turns out that Kachichiro has sold him out for the 300 pieces of silver and the Inquisitor is right there. And there's like nine guys standing around him with sticks to make my racist ass expect a karate fight here. But there was. (laughs) I just wrote music note. We have to score a horror movie with just a saw. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Besides besides being everywhere at once, Kichijiro is a real piece of shit. It turns out in this movie. He's the best. Yeah. yeah. Which, what's funny is that the answer to all of Kichijiro's problems is if he just stopped fucking around with this Christianity shit and just went back to his life as a fisherman. As a, and a drunk. Yep. You don't need to yeah. do anything. You do, you can just stop and then you you don't have none. Then everything the goes right. The stakes of this movie are just stop it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So, but they, they get Andrew Garfield and they bring him to a little captive Christian playtime. Oh my God, it's time for icebreakers. I'm Pablo the platypus. <laughs> so they take him to this row of Christians. And it's so funny because like there's these five Japanese Christians there and they're all like, yes, we are ready to die for our faith. And Andrew Garfield's like, what the fuck's wrong with you people? I'm freaking out. Yeah, yes. he loses his shit. Why aren't you freaking out? Also, by this point, his hair has gone full Charlie's angel. <laughs> And he, he loses his shit and he's like, why are you guys so confident in this? I'm not. It's going to suck. We're all going to die. And then he just takes a beat and munches on a little mini cucumber. Yes. <laughs> it was so oh, great. God. It's the best. The girl who's comforting him here, she's like, yeah, I mean, in heaven, there's no suffering or pain or taxes. Yeah. I, I really wanted that girl to be like, I'm really into the Christianity thing for the tax break. That sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now the main bad guy shows up to talk to the Christians. And we can tell he's the main bad guy because they're Japanese and he has a fan. And his fan work is fantastic. Oh like if God. you told me he was signaling for help as an actor <laughs> in some kind of code, he was like, Martin has gone senile. None of us know how to stop the project. <laughs> Mark, please send help. It's, he's going and he's delivering totally straight dialogue while he does it. So his hand's just like whipping around doing like crazy. Exactly. Sp- he might as well have started juggling six balls just very casually. And <laughs> like, and then you will be tortured. <laughs> It looks like he's getting attacked by a bat and just trying not to notice it. <laughs> Don't give him the attention. Also, he's very hot, so he has to take off his crash symbol. Yeah, yeah. right. No, it's Raiden with the hat on isn't as impressive. This is, in a way, the Inquisitor that we'll get to that we'll get to know and seriously love in this movie. Mm-hmm. But in the classic Hollywood trope, in a way, is the Inquisitor is the worst kind of villain, a gay villain. Oh yes, <laughs> yes. He's so effete and so fussy and so evil. Yeah. Of course he hates Christians. Look at his mincing and his fastidious grooming. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's basically Jafar, only slightly wrong uh, 
nationality or whatever. They should have given him one of those cats to stroke. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Just to show you how terrible it is, he literally, because he's doing the offensive Japanese accent and the mincing gay villain thing, which results in him literally going, yeah, at one point. (laughs) He does. All right. So, but, but, but we should point out too, because he's speaking in Japanese at, at first, at least, and they got the subtitles up, and everything he's saying is spectacularly reasonable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. He he explains to the to the peasants kind of what the uh, what the Catholics are up to, and then they leave, and he has a conversation just with Andrew Garfield, where he's like, "Look, man, we tried the killing you guys. That doesn't work. You guys are all into it. Um, can't torture you when you're enjoying it." And he says, "So why don't you just renounce your faith?" All of these peasants will go back to believe in whatever somebody tells them to believe because that's kind of their thing and nobody has to die. And he's like, oh, everybody has to die, guys. <laughs> yeah. like, I'm oh, the good guy. Solid argument. <laughs> yeah, the, Andrew Garfield is literally like, you don't understand. If any man follows God's commandments, then he can live a peaceful and joyful life like all of these faithful villagers. Oh, wait, I'm starting Shit. to hear it. I'm starting to hear it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, my favorite line of interpreter guy here who just crushes Christianity's balls throughout this movie goes, hey, man, did, didn't you notice we had a religion when you came? Oh, he's like, okay. yeah, right. Interpreter oh. guy is the fucking best. So they take him to oh a Oh, my cage. God, he's awesome. They introduce him to interpreter guy and interpreter guy will just be like our analog in the film. Yeah. <laughs> He's awesome. And this, so they're in the, they're in the cage now, right? I got a note about the cage. So yeah. mm-hmm. this cage is, it's amazing. It's more of a bird's nest. It's kind of yes. like <laughs> a suggestion of a confined space. It's like, yes, it's right. like going to, going to the Met and paying what you can. This is, this is prison <laughs> what you can. Exactly. <laughs> it's like a fancy, one of those fancy sugar cages over a dessert in a, in a fancy expensive restaurant. <laughs> Yeah. He could just nibble We'd his way out. We'd appreciate it if you didn't break out of this hut. Yeah, don't move quickly. You'll just shatter it. He, <laughs> he could nibble his way out and not feel too bad about the carbs. Well, there you go. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. It took long enough, but Japanese translator guy finally gave me somebody to root for in this flick. So quick, while there's a high note, we're going to take a break. But first, let me give Act 3 the hard sell. Did you really need three hours, Marty? I mean, wasn't Casino too long at three hours, even though it was Casino? Remember when Marty was doing Casino? Find out the answers to different questions and more when we return for the lingering conclusion of Silence. At last, Padre, your friend here has turned you over to us. I am sorry, Father. Pikachu, how could you? Please, forgive my sins. Very well. In nomine Patris, et Fili, et Munga Munga. I am sorry, Father. I didn't mean... My hands... Please forgive my sins. I mean, are you sure? Because you just slapped me, like, right in my face. No, I will never do it again. Please, please forgive me. (sighs) Okay. In nomine Patris... Ow! Ow! uh, Okay, you didn't even let me finish that time. Forgive me. Um, come on, man. This is this is embarrassing. I mean, it is kind of our thing. We're supposed to. Yeah, but he's pretty obviously. Ow! Ow! Sorry, sorry. Ah. Just wanted to get those in for the next one. Get it all sort of in one thing. Cool, 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 cool. 
<laughs> and we're back for more of this shit. And we're going to start off this time on a little Christian prisoner themed parade slash poop throwing Hogan's alley. Do you guys feel like that Scorsese was consciously trying to punctuate this movie with scenes from Christ's life? Like, yeah, oh yes, yeah, absolutely. For very, real, right? very much so. Yeah, this was definitely that sort of that Jesus riding into Jerusalem. Right. Only mm-hmm. this time Jesus gets shit thrown at him. So, <laughs> although I will say that the one dude, the one peasant guy, had amazing pooping. What a weird skill to have mastered, right? Because he's throwing it. There's like 19 people there, but he hits the guy he's aiming for with that poop. That's yeah. true. There's also a person wearing a basket on his head playing a flute. So that's fun. Yes. I don't know why, but that was there. So, and of course, Pikachu is there for some quick forgiveness. But <laughs> oh my but god, that a, guy! But Andrew yells at him. He's like, "Stop looking at me! Stop <laughs> looking at me!" <laughs> even even the kindly loving Catholic priest, maybe going to his death, is sick of this guy's shit. Just yeah, leave me alone. Right. And the and the voiceover has gotten decidedly like it's basically now it's just devolved into Jesus is my Jesus, and all these savages can't Jesus away my Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I, I expected the voiceover to at any point just end with, but first, the diatribe. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, but they, okay, and again, uh, emphasizing the wrong things here, Martin, they, they put him in a prison, and it is the nicest goddamn prison I have ever seen. This is like a boutique hotel. Yes. yes. It is gorgeous. I he's, would pay 500 bucks a night to see He's stay. literally glamping. Yeah. <laughs> After his last cage, this is incredible. And what's great is that we get to see him ply the thing that he learned in his first class in Portuguese seminary, which is cross and rosary craft hour. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. They even let him Christian it up with all of the other prisoners in there. They have little little prison church. Yeah. Is that how jail works? Do you have all this free time to kind of minister to other people? It's crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Again, they, they, they somehow make... 17th century Japanese persecution prisons seem awesome. Yeah. yeah. I, and that's not what they're going for, right? Like that would be. It's a good time. Yeah. All right. So and they take him off to have this big trial thing, right? Where he's going to have to like answer before the Inquisitor's panel. Yeah. Um, and, and when he gets to the Inquisitor's panel, by the way, they all have fans. So all bad guys. And they're all doing the crazy signal. It's like synchronized swimming. There could have been actual <laughs> synchronized swimming going on behind these people, and it would have been less distracting than just like the... <laughs> they're tossing them back and forth. They're passing them like clubs. It's insane. But, you know, it's I got to say, it, again, the Japanese being incredibly kind and indulgent, this is a beautiful open-air trial, right? The weather's good. There's the threat of mass murder and torture. It's, they're they're <laughs> I did, classy people. I did keep worrying about all these Japanese guys who have that weird shaved part of the top of their head out there in the bright sunlight. I just yeah. feel like they're going to get burned. You can see why they need the Raiden hats. And also, of course, they're being insanely nice to him. These guys yes. are like hotel concierges to this dude. Oh, to yeah. It's it's all this. You Are you comfortable? You need anything? A lozenge? No? Yeah. Oh, okay, well, <laughs> we checked out this whole Jesus deal. And listen, it's a, it was sweet as pie for you to bring it to our attention, really. Uh, you're just the best. <laughs> But uh, we're going to go ahead and say thanks, but no thanks, okay? You want a cucumber? Yes. We know you like cucumbers. 
Right. <laughs> to which to which Andrew Garfield responds, and this is absolutely really goes, oh, okay, I get it. So the Christianity thing's not working, and you're pointing that out. How do I put this delicately? You, and by that I mean your race, are a poison? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I realize the power dynamic between me sitting over here and you sitting over there, but y'all go fuck yourselves. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And then Chimichanga comes, goes into ninja mode, but he's real bad at it. Well, yeah. Okay. So he runs into the prison and he's like, Hey, I'm super sorry about uh, betraying you. I want you to know I didn't betray you for the money. That's as far as they let him go with the sentence. But I so wanted to know how it ended. Why did you betray to see the look on his fucking face? Right. Yeah. <laughs> he broke into a prison to tell yep. him that. Yep. Yeah. Again, uh, Chimichanga. All you had to do was nothing. That's <laughs> to stay happy and healthy. All you had to do was nothing. But instead, you broke into a prison and got caught. Yeah. yeah. And this is where I realized that Chimichanga in this movie is that buddy who keeps breaking up and making up with the girlfriend he hates. <laughs> right. <laughs> Calls you at 4 a.m. Dude, it happened. It, and you're like, man, you've broken up three times. You don't get to even be sad in my presence anymore. <laughs> Let alone call me. Click. Yeah. And so, yeah, this is. And then he lets him into his cage somehow and he gives him absolution again. And it, I'm a little thick. But at this point, I was pretty depressed feeling that uh, Chimichurri is a stand in for all non-European cultures in Scorsese's white colonial world worldview that. <laughs> Always being devious, unable to live up to the nobility the white man is gifting him with. But gosh darn it, he sure feels bad afterwards and wants to be forgiven and do better. We can't stay mad at you, Chimichurri, <laughs> you unenlightened savage. That's absolutely the message of this fucking movie yeah. throughout. All right, so now we're heading back out to the courtyard to break us some Christians. They have five Japanese Christian peasants, um, and they have to prove their non-Christianity by stepping on Jesus again. And we watch them not do this one at a time. We trample, don't skip any. Trample, trample, trample. <laughs> no. Also, this made me wonder, what happens when there's a false arrest in these situations? <laughs> All you must do is step on the plate and you will be forgiven. Hi, excuse me. Uh, yes? I I'd like to step on the plate. Oh, Okay, I, well, I was kind of doing an yep, explanation. I, I, I was just over at Jiro's house when the guy in the little fruit bowl hat came and just kind of got swept up in the arrest, but I'm 100% totally cool with stepping on that plate. Okay, well, that's great, I guess. Yeah, I'll, I'll take a hot, wet shit on that plate. I mean, I've been trying to tell you guys for three days. You want me to shit on the plate? Uh, no, uh, other people have to step there so stepping will be fine okay cool wow yeah it's all in the ankle am i good uh yeah you are good you, you sure don't want me to shit on it i'll totally shit I'm, on it. i'm i'm super sure okay well offer stands see y'all I mean, it's got to happen. Yeah, it's gotta no, happen. I, I, it would have been nice. It would have been nice for Scorsese to throw in that one Buddhist guy for us right here. Yeah. That guy <laughs> just, was awesome. I just think, you know, we, you, t you mentioned that we had to watch all five of these people not step on the thing at, 
each in a row, but also we got five minutes of the rules about how the trample game works. Yep. <laughs> it's ba- yeah, basically any trample of any kind and we let you go. No trample will get you some torture. So if you touch your foot on the stone, that's a trample. That's if you safe. Stomp that's on a, if you stomp your heart on the stone, that's a trample. If you do a cartwheel <laughs> and your toe just grazes a stone, yep, that's a trample. <laughs> but nobody will trample. So they all they send them all back to prison except one guy, and they just hold that guy out in the in the courtyard, going like, "Yeah, so uh, you know what you think of the game last night?" Until someone sneaks up behind him and beheads him. And it's not supposed to be a comedy moment because Andrew Garfield is like, oh, dear Lord Jesus, I knew you would not let these people be hurt. Boy, is this proof that you wouldn't let people squonk. (laughs) (laughs) Well, measure twice, cut once, you know. Oh, my God. No point wasting a perfectly good Christian. Well, and also, okay, so they're like, oh, by the way, if you guys would like to see a quick example of how not to get beheaded, here's Kachichiro. Get Chichiro, he'll trample anything. Yeah, he's the Mikey from Life Serial Commercials of Japan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh So they bring him out. He's like stomps all over Jesus and runs off. And they're like, yes, it's literally that easy. Yeah. And he just confessed five minutes ago. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right. So then Spidey has tea with the Inquisitor guy, right? Yeah. And this, again, the entire fucking scene is this guy being in, insanely nice and trying to find a way to get through to Andrew Garfield. And to his credit, look, he gives it to him in misogyny. That's the language of the priest, right? He explains it to him through misogyny. If there's any way he's going to get it, it's going to be this. But he still doesn't fucking get it. Yeah, he literally <laughs> says, your church is like an ugly, barren woman, to which Andrew Garfield's response is basically, oh, yeah, well, I don't. Agree with that. Yeah, that's just like your opinion, man. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> there's an amazing, right at the beginning of this, there's amazing, an amazing comedy beat where they're sitting in this beautiful room and they've given Andrew Garfield new clothes and they're sharing whatever that little miso super tea is. And the, in a way, takes a sip and Andrew Garfield picks it. He's just seen a beheading. And he picks it up and he's like, ooh, hot, hot. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to wait for that for a sec. Yeah. Burn my fingers. <laughs> And there is, the, the I, again, if you told me this was intentionally comedic, I would get it, and it would be brilliant, where he tries to spin out the metaphor of the ugly barren women too far. He's like, no, but you must understand, we practice monogamy, whereas you would have many barren women, and it's always better to... Oh, I lost thread. <laughs> uh, how many barren women well, do you fuck before there's a baby? His, what? his entire solution, right? Like Andrew Garfield's suggestion, he's like, you know, the, the Japanese guy's like, hey, man, why don't you stop being Christian and then no one has to suffer anymore? And then Andrew Garfield comes back with, or, or you could just make your entire country Christian. Uh, <laughs> the Japanese guy's like, look, dude, I'm asking you to do a thing that's in your power. You asked me to bring down the fucking sun. I like <laughs> I like Andrew Garfield sliding his pair of twos across the table. Huh? <laughs> 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 and then my favorite moment yes. in this or possibly any movie occurs because for no apparent reason and with no explanation, the Inquisitor just deflated. Yes, he did. <laughs> like what the fuck? And he just—he literally—it's like I—I—I I, I had to go back and rewatch it 
He was like, <laughs> you missionaries do not know Japan. And then Andrew Garfield says, and you do not know Christianity. And then the guy, it's like somebody cut the power to an inflatable Christian lawn inquisitor. He's yeah. just... Psh- Are Japanese people inflatable? How did I not know this? That's crazy. It's the weirdest thing. If you, it, so I know I can see why this would be confusing, but if you've ever talked to a Christian missionary at length, <laughs> like, right? Like I, like I felt exactly like that when I was guesting on Talk Heathen. I get it. I totally yeah. get it. And that, of course, is followed by my favorite moment in the movie where I, I guess that's supposed the deflation is supposed to be him being sick or old. And his friend comes over and he's like, oh, Mr. Inua, whatever. And he slaps him with the fan. He's like, I'm fine, Kyle. God, <laughs> really, Kyle? Come on. All right, let's go. Get me back up to 44 PSI. <laughs> <laughs> Just get the bicycle pump. So... The next day, like that, the, the Inquisitor gives up on him. The next day, they take his Christian peasants away screaming, and they also take him away, too. They're like, we're going to have a field trip. He's like, okay, cool. We learn here, by the way, the, the tiny little crucifix that, uh, that, that Japanese Gallagher gave him, he keeps that near his dick at all times. <laughs> yep. So yes. Jesus is always rubbing against his balls. Yeah, oh, um, and yeah. then they take him to the beach, have a nice beach day with him. Beautiful oh, day. yeah. And they've built a lovely makeshift set for their spring break beach interview show, I which would... looks nice. <laughs> what the fuck was that? Oh, this is classic. Yes, you can use in front of my beach house, but you obviously can't have it in the shot. Yeah, right. So they were just like, we probably put up tarps, right? Yeah, for guys, for guys that shave the top of their heads, they're really bad at understanding how shade works. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They kind of never really get it down. Right. All right, so they're all sitting around at this spring bank interview set on the beach, and he's like, why am I here? And he's like, um, yeah, right. Um, I can see how you would have forgotten about this major character because of how long this fucking movie is, but remember Adam Driver? He's like, I do remember Adam Driver. He's like, yeah, we've got him. We're going to kill him in front of you now. Yeah. Well, we're going to let him kill himself, I suppose. Well, right, right, exactly. Well, yeah, I mean, they they pull the Pier 1 again. They wrap yeah. everybody, a, a bunch of other people that aren't him in the uh, in the rattan. Yeah. And then <laughs> instead of burning him, I thought this was a clever play on the thing. They they switched it up a little bit and shipped him out into the ocean and dumped them into the water, which apparently the rattan doesn't float. Yeah, drowning, drowning people in highly buoyant materials is, is weird. I, I, you know, I get how it helps when you're setting them on fire. I don't see how it helps for the drowning tortures. Yeah, they just look like tostadas. They, they really do. do. Yeah. Well, especially because we see them from such a distance, too. And the guys are poking them in with sticks. Yeah. And you could see them being like, come, ah, come on, get the fuck down. They, just, oh, yeah. <laughs> they, they won't stay down. What is happening? It's almost like this rattan is the wrong thing to dress them in for this. Scorsese has really gone out of his way to make woven handicrafts the villain in this movie. <laughs> it's like taking a shit at a friend's fancy party. You're like, no, oh, stay down. No, no, come on. You're like laying out toilet paper on top of it. Please, please don't do this to me. It's a housewarming. Well, Eli, you got to go inside. You don't do it in the pool. Ah. Oh, you um, you tell now you now. tell him. Um, and also, by the way, if you thought that Adam Driver was not going to wildly overact and try to upstage everyone in this in this scene just because he's two and a half miles away from the camera, you were wrong. 
Oh my God, he does the weirdest please don't murder them dance in the water where he's like, back, no, forth, no, I'm going to swim out, no, I'm not. And it's and then he finally swims out to where they're drowning the people and now he's dead? How did he yeah, die? Yeah, and then he drowns, he drowns, yeah. But how that's did he a- drown? He, nobody was pushing on him. It was just, <laughs> he went out to the, di- the drowning woman and hugged her until she was dead, until he was dead too. Well, if if you'd read the, the, the movie notes, you would know that that character had a terrible wicker allergy. <laughs> that's what killed him out in the water. It's cut. It's that's in the seven-hour director's cut of the movie. <laughs> so, and oh, I, I love this moment too. This was maybe just a moment for myself because I'm writing my notes. Wow, uh, Andrew Garfield, you just caused all those people to die for no reason. But as I'm writing that, the translator, the the Japanese translator character is going like, look, you just caused all of those people to die for no reason. And I'm like, oh, okay, he's got it. He's got he's just dictating my notes for me at this point. It is bizarre how how unself-aware a movie that was so constantly self-aware is. It's bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that night, Spidey is 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 cage satting. Right. He's he's giving up on God or God's giving up on him. It's it, it kind of hard to tell, but he's being super sad. They borrowed Spielberg's moon from E.T. for this, by the way. Did you notice that? <laughs> that was with permission. They, they cut down from a giant moon. Yeah. Is Japan 20 times closer to the moon? than New York? <laughs> <laughs> It was a frightening fucking moon. But yeah, and he's all like in there freaking out, losing his shit in the cage. And they have the translator guy like about to go in. He's like, hey, man, do you want to go in and crack him? He's like, he's cracking himself right now. So I'm going to wait until he's done. I did have an epiphany, though, as Andrew Garfield is literally like starting to go insane. I was like, wait, wait, yes, do that. It's the only way you're actually going to hear God. You'll find (laughs) him here. It'll work. All right. So the next day they wake him up. He has a weird bitey seizure for some reason. Fun fact for those of you interested, this is exactly what it's like to wake up Heath Enright. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> so, okay. So they take him to this Buddhist temple and I guess they feel like he's going to be like, oh, wow, you guys have music and not masturbating too. Oh, cool. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> oh, my God. And And the Buddhist temple, it really is like. Like they're walking around and they're showing him this stuff and it's like, look at how much better our stupid rituals are than your stupid rituals. We have chanting and incense and candles. I'll bet you don't have any of that in Catholicism. <laughs> <laughs> and what I love is they're trying to make this Buddhist temple look scary. Right. right? Yes. So they're just like, there's a scary guy sitting. <laughs> there's <laughs> another scary still. guy it's fucking beautiful yeah it's like oh it's gorgeous beautiful place and he they brought him there in this weird doghouse they carried him in <laughs> yeah to this beautiful place to scare him yeah i guess yeah because the translator guys does it to him at one point he's like have you guessed who's coming and we're like yeah like we know liam neeson is in the fucking movie there's only 40 minutes left so clearly it's only fuck, it's yeah liam, and 40 yeah. minutes in this movie sounds like oh it's just a, it's almost over yeah it's around <laughs> the corner yeah exactly that's the credits so <laughs> liam neeson shows up he's all japanese doubt right yeah. so by the way just in case no one was paying attention that means the entire premise of this movie was useless right the reason they showed up was because they didn't believe that liam neeson had given up on his christianity he did they were wrong the entire movie happened for nothing except did he Scun dun dun <laughs> well and of course they have the amazing awkward small talk here yeah 
when yeah. Liam sits down and he's like, so how, um, how long have you been here? And he's like, oh, about a year, about a year being, being a Buddhist. Cool. Cool. I mean, not cool, but yeah. I wish- oh, we should have written this confrontation. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically he sits down and goes, I had a particular set of skills. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, this is this is when we learn that it is a really good idea to make Leon the pursuer rather than the person that <laughs> you're supposed to find. That works out so much better. It's a much better formula, yeah. <laughs> yeah, fuck if Liam Neeson had been looking for Liam Neeson, this movie could have been ended in, you know, <laughs> ninety five minutes. All right, so the, we flash back to this um to the moment that Liam Neeson renounced his faith, right? They were doing the weird upside down head covered torture oh yeah they gave him the upside down cocoon treatment and look at the beautiful butterfly that emerged <laughs> again, again this is supposed to be like the ultimate torture of the movie the one that breaks the man that turned andrew garfield into a priest and it's wicker basket with upside down head shell yep. yeah again wicker is the villain but it, there, can i tell you when i was watching this I didn't recognize that as as Liam Neeson because when you hang a middle aged man right. down for a while and his face gets quite puffy, yeah, I had no idea who that was. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I got there by process of elimination myself. And also, we should point out here that while he's talking about having become Buddhist, he says, "And a, you know, like they're a very advanced um, uh, culture here, but I'm teaching them a lot about medicine and astronomy that that, that they didn't already know." And I'm like. Oh, wow, they even found a useful thing that Catholic priests could contribute to their society. Yeah. Go the Japanese. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The only way the irony could have been deeper is if they had been like, I mean, we just kept making our slaves when they became our religion. Yep. <laughs> I'm not too deep into that. Yep. I like Jesus. I, I, this is also where we learn, by the way, that Liam is from the Scottish part of Portugal. Right. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> Uh, and there's that amazing conversation where we watch two Christians whose own hero myth is derived from Apollo and Horus suddenly discover the idea that almost every culture on earth worship the sun god. Sure. Oh, okay. So this is uh, honestly one of my favorite moments. And it turns out true. I Googled this and this was like a big thing is that early Japanese Christians, when they said like son of God, thought that the references to Jesus and the son of God were the literal son. Yep. Yeah. So Liam Neeson's like, hey, man, they think you mean the sun. And Andrew Garfield's like, no. And no. he's like, yeah. <laughs> yep. That's how well your conversion's going. They all think you mean the sun. And he's like, oh. But I showed yeah. them my oh. little guy on a stick. <laughs> how can they get that m- twisted? I've got a little picture of him. I got the little guy. I got a bunch of little images. But again, this is absolutely doubling down on how useless this fucking movie is, right? Because they even point out at this point, it's like, hey, man, have you noticed that their Christianity is nothing at all like yours? It's actually just their tribal religions reworked with the name, you know, Deus or whatever into it. Like, that's literally it. That's the whole fucking thing. And and then, you know, he tells him, he's like, hey, man, they're, they're letting me write a, like a, a bunch of books and stuff now. And uh, working you know, on a book. It's called Diatribes Negative Four. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So the translator dude and Liam give Spidey the hard sell. They're like, look, man, this movie is already two hours and eight minutes in. Like, can we just can you just give up your fucking religion already? It's a very confused conversation because. 
at one point he's saying, you know, they, they, all they understand is the sun is what they worship and the Japanese are too stupid to cons- And they're saying this all in front of this translator that speaks English Portuguese better yes. than they do. Yes. And he's like, the, the Japanese are too stupid to even understand the concept of a metaphysical Christ or whatever. And then in the next breath, he's like, they're an incredibly inv- advanced civilization. Uh, yes. And they know way more than we do. Yeah, there's a great moment where Liam Neeson basically says, we have things that we could learn here. And Andrew Garfield's response is, you're a disgrace to Christianity. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Well, that sounds about right. That there's sounds much about we right. could learn from them. No! <laughs> yeah. That's not what we do! <laughs> so, all right, but yeah, but Spidey's not sold. He mopes off back to prison. And then I suddenly started to get what Scorsese's doing here, and I'm like, oh, no, I get it. Because of the runtime, I feel like a martyr now, too. Okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's a torture porn, but we're the ones being tortured. Yeah. With no porn. <laughs> exactly, yeah. All right, so then they, they, they march him through town and throw poop and potatoes at him again. But the Inquisitor's called it. He's totally babe-roofed this thing. He says, okay, this guy is going to apostatize tonight. Everybody show up, 6 p.m., 5 p.m. Central. It's going to be great. By the way, you just used the word of the day. I think we should all be screaming because they, they, the number of times that they use the word apostatize in this film, <laughs> it's like some the, the writer was like, oh, I just learned this word. I'm using it. Every day for yes. a year. <laughs> right. It's like, you know, it's almost like uh, uh, there was a bet between Coppola and Scorsese. And it's like, OK, Marty, I bet you can't make a movie where you use the word trample and apostatize 500 times each. <laughs> Marty's like, it's on. So, OK, so now Andrew Garfield's waiting for the big con- like conversion away from Christianity moment. And before he gets started, like, I guess to get him psychologically ready, they make haunted house noises at him <laughs> spooky okay. again so the this is a, another big reveal right which is that oh he's like he thinks the guard is snoring but actually it's people in the upside down pits of torture of torturedness yeah but like he instead he like calls a manager like a mom with a short haircut. <laughs> like, Excuse me, I have been in this cell for forty five minutes, and the snoring and the screaming is just enough. <laughs> I have given a one star review on Yelp. <laughs> yeah, so Liam Neeson shows up to give him one last chance to end this goddamn movie already. Right. He refuses. So they drag. So the bad guys drag him out and make him look at the Christians making all those haunted house movie noises. Right. <laughs> They're all in the upside down wicker basket over the head torture. Right. Um, so he's like, hey, guys that are being tortured, stop being Christian now. Trust me. That's like, it's OK. And they're like, no, no, no. These guys aren't Christian anymore. We're just torturing them until you un Jesus. Right. And the noises that these people are making, they're, you know, they're being tortured. They're being hung upside down. And at this moment in this movie, by this time in this movie, I can 100% relate. Yeah. yeah. I was like, <laughs> I feel you guys yeah. so hard. <laughs> All right. So now they, they, they feel like they're ready, right? So they bring out the Jesus plate that everybody has to step on. <laughs> and they're like, hey, man, step on the Jesus. This movie has to end eventually. And, and then, by, by the way, quick aside, Step on Your Jesus was my straight to Betamax Christian Jazzercise tape in 1999. <laughs> so if anybody has a copy, would you please fax me your address? I'd, l- I'd love to see that again. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But just then, 
as he's confronting the Jesus statue, he must step upon. Everything turns silent. And then Jesus actually starts <laughs> speaking to him yeah. in the voice of Optimus Prime. Yes! Oh, my and God. And he says... He says, no, go ahead, step on me, man. It's it's fine. Yeah, it's and fine. For, for people who haven't seen it, the image of Jesus that they constantly, these things that they make them step on are like trivets, right? They're like a steel <laughs> plate that you put a casserole on out of the, it's the weirdest <laughs> thing. It's like a little relief statue. Oh my God, when this mm -hmm. thing started talking to him, we <laughs> we literally skipped to, I was, I was like, oh, now it's a god-awful movie. It is literally no better than any David A.R. White or fucking Bollywood nonsense that you guys have ever reviewed. We've sunk that low. Yeah. The the only way it could have been worse is if the plate had like animated and Jesus had climbed out of it. And little <laughs> Jesus is like, please follow me. I'll show you the way. Martyrs from all of the different times. Martyrs committing all kinds of crime. It turns into a musical. Yeah. If, the he, kick if, he line. Came, if he came out of that like a T-1000, that would have been incredible. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, that actually would have been better. Um, but okay. But now Garfield's ready. So he steps on Jesus and like a goddamn champ, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. When he was trying to get yoga. something out. <laughs> well, Jesus gave him fucking permission. Now it's totally cool. But he really needed to go back and be like, oh, shit. All of those other people should have just done it. Oh, I get it. Yeah. And okay. if, so he's finally broken. And I feel like this is a moment every Trump hire shares that he, st <laughs> he stands next to you smelling a filet of fish while you're made to stomp on any credibility or reputation you had. Then he yeah. pats your ass and goes off to watch reruns of. TJ Hooker while you collapse in a puddle of shame tears. Same thing. <laughs> no, pretty much. Yeah. All right. And so now all the children are chanting at him for being such a shitty Christian. And then a whole new voiceover starts up. Oh, yeah. my God. We are 15 I minutes from the credits and suddenly a Dutch guy's telling us this fucking story. I thought I was having a stroke. I thought literally, I thought that the movie was starting over again and I was just caught in some sort of satanic time warp that was just going to keep playing this yeah. or it's some like sort of Bandersnatch shit was happening. I didn't know what was going on. Yeah, so the Japanese, again, after all the kindness and indulgence, not only did they not torture and kill this guy, they gave him a job at the TSA, right? Yes. yes. So now he's shaking down Dutch people who want to trade with Japan but would jeopardize the whole thing by trying to sneak one rosary in. Yeah, they've gone they've gone full Christianity rats. They're, they're yeah, super right. sleuths. So that's the most fucked up thing about this movie is that it's not even a story of martyrdom. It's a story of like murdering a bunch of other people and then giving up when it's your own life on the fucking line, right? Because then they sell out Christians for a living for the rest of their lives. Why are you telling us this story? <laughs> giving up for a life of leisure? Yeah, yeah, they even give Liam and, and Andrew Garfield wives and kids and shit. Which and is, houses. Don't get me wrong. That's <laughs> weird for them, for the wife and the kid. That's fucking weird, but it's a pretty good deal for these guys. Yeah. Oh, exactly. can you imagine how hard it was for Andrew Garfield's new wife when her friend got Qui-Gon Jinn and she's like, oh, my husband's dead. I wonder which white guy. Oh, God, the bad Spider-Man. The bad Spider-Man. This is bullshit. Who was the other choice? Kylo Ren? Okay, I'll take it. I, I, I love the trope here, too, that for the Dutch guy, it's incredibly weird in 1740 to see somebody who's not from a country in another country stuck there, right? Like, uh, you guys know much about 1740? Yeah. yeah. People stuck in countries they didn't want to go to? It was a thing. It was very common. Yeah. 
So we have one more scene with the Inquisitor and, and Spidey. This is the one where they give him the, the wife as a bonus for finding crosses on Dutch people. Um, and the Inquisitor at this point uh, basically says, hey, man, you know, don't beat yourself up about this. You weren't defeated by me, the Inquisitor. You were defeated by the fact that your mission was fucking stupid. Yeah. Also, yeah. by the way, my favorite, my second favorite moment in this movie happens in this scene where they're having this conversation and then suddenly, for no reason, the we're seeing it sort of over the Inquisitor's shoulder. We're seeing a, a, a shot of Andrew Garfield and then the Inquisitor bends down and starts scooching towards him. Yeah. And the shot is framed such that all we can see of the Inquisitor is his pokey out ponytail. It's yeah. like the blowjob shark is about to attack. It's the weirdest <laughs> thing I've ever seen in my life. They're incredible hosts. They're incredible hosts. <laughs> yeah, it's no. so sweet there. Dun, Honestly, dun, though, dun. really, really, if they had just, if, if they'd had all the Inquisitors line up to blow Andrew Garfield at the end of this, it would just be emphasizing the point they already made, right? <laughs> yeah. and, a, and a single tear rolls down Andrew Garfield's cheek. <laughs> <Yes>, exactly. <laughs> well, and I don't, I don't want to be a swamp Nazi here. But the whole hinge of the conversation is nothing grows in a swamp. I'm sorry. Have you been to Louisiana? Right. Hey, yeah, have you been to a swamp? Shit's swamps growing shit. all over the exactly. fucking place. That's what makes it a swamp. It's the most verdant place on earth. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's a but jungle full of water. They're, yeah. They're, <laughs> yes. they're, they're like, yeah, Christianity can't grow in Japan because Japan's a swamp. Okay. Oh. You just don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, right, right. Not not only is the analogy wildly offensive, but it's also wrong. Like the rest of the movie. Yeah, right, right, exactly. All right, so whatever happened to Kachichiro? This movie can't end until we see him again. Literally everyone in this movie. We need to find out about everyone <laughs> in this movie. Yeah, Optimus Christ even makes a comeback here or whatever. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. But so you go, you, you so we're back in, we're in Spider-Man's house that he got for free. And a small note that he's got another man's little boy in his house, so not much has changed for Catholic priests in 300 years. <laughs> also, how many years later is this supposed to be? Because he hasn't aged at all. I feel like I've aged 10 years during this movie. <laughs> and he looks the same. I love Jesus showing up to make excuses, too. He's like, look, I know that the name of the movie is Silence because I never said anything, but but I, I was talking to you the whole time. I just speak silence language. And the movie's like, right. Oh, of course. Silence language. Mystery Dude, is small. Yeah. Was I the only one who felt like Jesus was just gaslighting him this whole time? Yes. yes. This is the, oh, you didn't get my email of religion. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know what it is? I've been, I got a Gmail account, and so it's going into a a lot of people spam folders. It <laughs> yeah, it's hard. It's again, it's another horrible, you know, milestone in this movie. It's like, oh, I was there all along. I was just letting you hang out in the wind. It's like, yeah, right, right, exactly. It's great. much worse if you were there the whole time, right? Dude. And were you omnipotent that whole time too? Okay, just checking, just checking if it turns on and off. No, okay, all right, so good. All right, but eventually, okay, so they, then they have this yet another goddamn scene where they show that everyone had to step on Jesus every week or so, you know, just to make sure that the Christianity didn't set back in. Oh, and I wanted them to cut to him, like, scheduling his week. Like, okay, so, honey, Thursday, I have to go step on Jesus. You know <laughs> I have to go step on Jesus on Thursdays. <laughs> I want you to see your friends. Of course I want you to see your friends. Don't do this. You're mad? <laughs> You're mad. <laughs> 
Yeah. Okay. So then Andrew Garfield is crushed and gives up on his dreams because this movie is about absolutely nothing. And then he dies still being an apostate. So it was also about nothing ever. So I, apparently yep. he died by getting stuck in a bucket. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They put, they gave him a nice little death bucket. And then also, by the way, okay. So if you're a Christian, does he then burn in hell forever now? Who knows? I don't know. He was hoping. <laughs> They did psych us out. He, he was holding the little dick Jesus that he had been keeping this whole time. He, he, so. he, he did still have his dick Jesus. I guess that's fine. That his involuntary wife somehow secreted into his bucket. Right. Yes. <laughs> Along with yeah. the paper, which was weird. It was like, don't forget to write. <laughs> all right. So and then the movie's over and hooray, it's finally fucking over and all. But here's my this is the obvious question to close on because. If you based it simply on your GAM experiences, right? If you set aside everything that you know outside of, of guesting on god-awful movies, who's the better director between David A.R. White and Martin Scorsese to you guys? <laughs> I, I You had to think about that it. That's question. my fucking point, right? Yeah, you did have cool. to think about it. I'm not allowed professionally to answer that question. So <laughs> I will throw it at I'm, I'm under several NDAs right now. I'm in a lot of not... trouble already. <laughs> I need I need a pseudonym for just this episode. <laughs> yeah, right. Look, I, I'm sort of in the film industry a little bit, too, because I do some acting here and there in, in films. But I probably have a better shot at getting into an A.R. White film. So I'm just going to go with him. Yeah, yeah right. It's a good point. If you're Martin listening, Scorsese, David. Stop making movies after this. This movie was so bad that Martin's not allowed to make movies anymore. <laughs> Mark can make you some props that look like real things. This is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Yeah. <laughs> I will make you a Warhammer you cannot believe. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, obviously, we've had a ton of fun hanging out with you. But if our listeners aren't done with you, uh, where where can they go to find some more? Uh, I Nowhere. We've decided to give up on life after having to watch this movie. <laughs> I get it. I get no, it. No, no, no. You, you'll find them hanging upside down with their heads in wicker baskets. Yeah, exactly. No, we're, uh, you know, the How To Heretic is the name of our show. And uh, and that's on the all the places where you go to get podcasts. Or you can listen to Thank God I'm Atheist, which is my other little program. Yeah. So find us there. It's real easy. Or I'm, I'm pretty, uh, I hang out a lot on Twitter at How To Heretic. So come see me. Awesome. And of course, we'll have the Twitter and the uh, link to the podcast on the show notes for this episode. Guys, thanks so much for hanging out. Oh, my God. Such a good time. Thanks again. Uh, next time, please pick a really super shitty movie. And, and, <laughs> and something short, right? Like, yes. okay, Speaking of yeah. which, um, that does it for our review of Silence, Eli. That's not going to do it for the episode just yet because we still need to fire you up for next week. So tell us what significantly shorter film is on deck. The Laws of Eternity. We're not done with Japan just yet. This is the uh, the first in a series of film from the Happy Science Cult. Oh, good. All right, yeah. that should be fun. All right, so with that to look forward to, we're going to bring episode 180 to a merciful close. Once again, a huge thanks to Dan and Mark for hanging out with us today, and an equally huge thanks to all the Patreon donors that help make the show go. If you'd like to count yourself among their ranks, you can make a per-episode donation at patreon.com slash godawful, and thereby earn early access to an ad-free version of every episode. You can also help a ton by leaving a five-star review on iTunes and by sharing the show on all your various social media platforms. And if you enjoyed this show, be sure to check out our sibling shows, The Scathing Atheist, Citation Need, and The Skeptic Card, available on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever else podcasts live. If you have questions, comments, or cinematic suggestions, you can email godawfulmovies at gmail.com. Legal services for this podcast are provided by the law offices of P. Andrew 
Torres. Tim Robertson takes care of our social media. Our theme song was written and performed by Ryan Slotnick of Evil Drafts on Mars, although the music was written and performed by our audio engineer, Morgan Clark, and was used with permission. Thanks again for giving us a chunk of your life this week. For Heath and Ray D. Light Boston, I'm an illusionist promising to work hard during another chunk next week. Until then, we'll leave you with the Breakfast Club close. Inquisitor Inouye spent his remaining days at gay bars giggling about how he personally defeated Christianity until finally at age 107 he caught his elbow on a nail and fully deflated. (laughs) (laughs) Flew around the room like a balloon. (laughs) Kichijiro goes from zero to hero by becoming the Japanese national speed record holder in the Trample Confess, Trample Confess, Trample Barrel Race. (laughs) (laughs) It turns out that Jesus... Had a foot fetish this whole time. (laughs) America super duper hoped nobody in Japan saw this movie. (laughs) Oh my God, so true. (laughs) I just felt that. I just felt that. Wow, yeah. Yeah, You just went straight to defeat Southern gentlemen. I went straight to Lindsey Graham. (laughs) (laughs) He'll shit on that plate. Yes. Now he will take that plate of shit, actually, is what he'll do. The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved.